Hey, what's up, podcast? It's Jeff, and you are listening to a special bonus episode of Teach Better Talk. This is audio pulled from one of our daily drop-ins. That's right, daily drop-ins are back every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time over on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. This is happening from November 23rd all the way to December 18th, so join us on any of the social media platforms. We are at Teach Better Team for our daily drop-ins. We're here to support you answering questions, talking about fun stuff, bringing on special guests, anything you need, we're here for you. Join us for the daily drop-ins. Let's get into this special bonus episode. Enjoy. to the Daily Drop-In. On December 10th, we are so glad that you are here joining us for another morning where the Teach Better team is going live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to talk shop and just foster a safe space to have discussions around education, answer your questions, and hopefully, that's the goal, set the tone for the entire day to be shared with positivity with a solution-focused lens when we run into those hurdles. We have two incredible guests with us today that I was just talking to before we came live, highlighting that they are both incredible educators, and I cannot wait to get this conversation started. Make sure you throw your name and where you're watching from in the chat, because we currently are streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and we'll be right back for the fun. Hey friends, good morning. Teach better team. I have two incredible guests, Brad and Zach. I am thrilled that you are joining the daily drop-in. How are you doing this morning? Fantastic. And thrilled to join both you and Zach again this morning, Ray. That's oh, gonna be so fun. I'm so, I'm Zach, so to be back on, Ray. Thanks for having us. Absolutely, Zach. I know it's really early for you. So thank you for you know getting up so so early because it's where are you located right now? I'm in the Bay Area of California. Yeah. yeah, no, I love this time of day. I mean, don't teachers get up at this time of day every day? So Te teachers do get up fairly early. Uh, so that's true. I guess getting up early is kind of in our nature. Uh, Brad, what time is it for you? You look like you're already like set to go for the day. We're good to go. Yeah, it's eight thirty-three Eastern time here in uh, Kitchener, Ontario, and uh, our uh, our school day is going to get a jump start uh, here with Teach a Better Team, and it's uh, we get underway at nine ten when our bell when our bell rings. Well, actually, that's a good thing to start us off. If you're watching right now, feel free to throw in the comments. Good morning. We would love to know what time it is where you are watching right now because we're trying to cover the whole the whole uh, parameter here. Uh, so make sure you throw in uh, that you're watching this morning and also what time it is for you. For me, it's 7.30 because I am central time. So we're just going to hit all those time zones as many as we can uh, on this live stream. As we get started, Brad and Zach, I said to you before we came live, and I truly, truly meant it, when we are organizing our daily drop-in schedule, we really think about what educators are going to be like powerful together. And I'm so thrilled that you are on camera together because I personally have learned so much from the work you each do. And I'm thrilled that you guys get to connect and we can continue our conversation. But I do want to make sure that people know a little bit about you if this is their first time connecting. So Zach, I'm going to start with you. Would you mind sharing like, who are you? What do you do in education? All that, all that good stuff. Sure, sure. Uh, who am I? That's such a great question. I am, I think, uh, an educator and an activist through and through. I honestly started my career when I was a high school student, I think, because I 
started this mentoring program and I never realized with all of my ambitions that I would ever end up an educator or committing my life to education, but it kind of just happened that way. I just kept wanting to work with kids and solve problems with kids. And then I was a camp counselor. And even though I went to, I think, I think out of Columbia university, I thought I was going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something very boring like that. But then I stepped into a classroom just after college and I just became hooked. I was an elementary school teacher for five years. And then I started an ed tech company called U-Class because I became obsessed with project-based learning and learning by doing and connecting kids around the world. And then um, I ran for office. I, I was the Democratic nominee for US Senate and then uh, first millennial to do so and uh, have been working on policy. I'm getting my PhD at Columbia's Teachers College um, in politics and education. I'm currently remote here in California right now as we speak, uh, but I also just started a company based in that same philosophy of project-based learning. It's basically like where TikTok meets project-based learning and it's called Zigazoo. So that's a, a quick bio on me, but my passion is really this idea that kids should find joy in their learning and learn by doing as opposed to learning by regurgitating facts. Zach, I feel like there's so many different questions I have about your bio that I'm sure we can get to, especially later on. I really want to dive into Zigazoo because I really, really have enjoyed exploring the platform. And there's so many things there, including my love for PBL. So I'm obsessed. Brad, would you mind telling us a little about yourself? I'd love to, Ray. Thanks. So currently, I'm an elementary school principal in uh, Kitchener, Ontario, Canada, uh, principal of Forest Hill Public School, uh, kindergarten to sixth grade school. Uh, typically, we have about 480 students at our school, and right now we have 175 who are remaining at home for distance learning. So in, in our district, we have face-to-face uh, -face teachers as well as we have dedicated distance learning teachers that are in uh, a number of our school buildings, including ours. Four of our school staff have been tasked to uh, to distance learning. So uh, it, it's been challenging. It's been eye-opening. And uh, one thing that really resonated with me when uh, um, when Zach introduced himself was was that concept of joy and bringing joy into learning. And uh, we are very grateful to have been able to welcome our students back face to face for the most part. Um, and it was a great deal of apprehension as we approached the start of the school year, as everyone can imagine, as everyone's experiencing. But once the kids and the parents and the families showed up, immediately that infused the joy into our school building. And uh, the number one growth area has been for our distance learning teachers to get their, their minds and their practice wrapped around uh, engaging kids with joy at a distance. So um, we continue to stress that uh, relationships are the foundation of everything good that we do. Um, and like Zach, we're committed to uh, to finding the joy in what we do. So this is my uh, 25th year in education. I was a 16 year elementary school teacher from kindergarten to sixth grade. Uh, most recently, I was uh, a middle school visual arts, French music and special education teacher. So uh, a little bit of everything and all, all of my passions kind of came together in that uh, in that last few years as a teacher, I shifted to uh, the vice principalship, uh, and this is my now my ninth year in school leadership and my fourth year as building principal here at Forest Hill. So uh, like Zach, uh, I mean, all of the experiences that I've had in education have have shaped me and helped me to shape school culture into a place where everyone looks forward to coming. Everyone hopefully feels glad that they came, even for a small reason. And, and above all, it, it's kid focused and, and joy focused. Oh my God, there is so many things that I had to talk about with you guys, because even just your backgrounds as individuals, plus having you both here in the conversation, I'm telling you, I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm with the dream team right now. I won't <laughs> lie to you. This is, this is a great part of the morning. As a reminder for everybody joining us for our daily drop-in, 
this is a space for you to ask any questions you'd like. Maybe you have a specific question for Brad or Zach. Maybe you have a question about education that you'd like us to discuss. Maybe you're unsure of what PBL is or how you can bring joy into the classroom in a remote setting. So we're here to talk shop. We are here to not only share the incredible ideas that these educators already brought this morning, but also the ideas that we can discuss and help you problem solve through to really start your day off right. The daily drop-in is continuing not only this week, but all the way through next week. Our last day will be December 18th, and we want to give you as much value as possible. So shoot your questions in here, and we will try and debate and discuss as many of them as humanly possible. The one thing I will say, Brian, Zach, you both have backgrounds in LED. I feel like I'm the oddball out here as like the middle school girl. I guess uh, I don't know. I don't know why you're so drawn to elementary. I don't think I could teach elementary. Well, I was gonna say I, I want to hear what grades you taught, Brad, because you know it's it's rare to meet fellow long-term male elementary teachers, and I I, I think there's a lot of uh, value to us conspiring and and bringing more more dudes on board to the elementary cause. And Ray, I would say that um, um, elementary education is within every educator. I just as, you know, um, my shift from uh, from elementary school to, uh, to middle school in my last uh, few years of teaching, that was a significant uh, mind, body and practical leap for me. Uh, and like you, I had those doubts. And, and the, thir the first, yeah, the first few months of, of me teaching grade seven, uh, uh, core French was uh, that was an interesting challenge because I'd inherited uh, a lot of um, uh, a lot of attitudes and a lot of behaviors uh, that uh, that I wasn't expecting, and so I was I was right there in the middle of imposter syndrome. Like, what have I done? Uh, can I please go back to my junior class? Uh, they were so lovely, uh, but uh, you know we we grow through practice and uh, and finding ways to establish relationships, whether the kid is three. Uh, or whether the kid is 13 or whether the kid is 17, 18. It's all about finding ways to establish those relationships. And, and once you establish them, then the sky's the limit. But they've got to know that you care and you've got to know that you are making an effort to connect with them personally so that you can reach them professionally. You know, we have a lot of people uh, sharing their excitement for male LED teachers. I feel like there's this big movement in the comments where they're like, yes, bring more men in LED. I love this. So this is, this is actually a cool topic to discuss. Brad, though, I do have to say, and I apologize that I'm not like up to speed. I'm like waking up this morning with, you know, just having this wonderful discussion with you guys. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, I was just listening to the recent Teach Better Talk podcast episode. Now I'm jumping over here. And when they said that initially, I'm like, well, that's so nice. They're listening to the podcast and they looked at the time and they popped over here. But that's not why they're saying it. They're saying it because it's your episode that released today, isn't it? That that's right, and I'm I'm so Ray. I'm so proud of this episode. I'm so proud of the opportunity to record it uh, with you and Jeff, two of my true podcast heroes. And every every time I've uh, since the beginning of beginning uh, beginning of getting engaged with the Teach Better team, like everybody I've come in contact has been sincere, authentic, energized, and in it for each other, uh, so that we can be in it for the kids. And so. Uh, it was a, one, a wonderful experience. After we were recording, I was smiling from ear to ear. I think I went to bed with a smile on my face that wide. I think my, I think my cheeks and my eyebrows were aching for it. So uh, I'm so grateful for the opportunity and so grateful to connect with, uh, with so many others, uh, thanks to the leverage of the Teach Better podcast that, uh, that you provided me. That's kind of fun though. So if anybody needs like more bread in their life, you can listen to this daily drop in and then you can head over to Teach Better Talk and you can listen to him share his like really detailed story. Zach, is that now on your to-do list to go oh, yeah. check I, out bread? I just wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So 
Everyone's going to get a lot of bread this morning. And I think it's so awesome. So I'm glad I thought through that because I'm like, oh, they're being so nice. And I'm like, no, it's because Brad's epic episode just came out. Drop this morning. I love it. Um, so as we discuss like so many things, I do love, I'm going to give a shout out to Samantha, who's throwing in some, some comments, some questions in here. Uh, and then there's also some educators who are throwing in what they've taught. I, I really love when I get to see comments of people engaging with this with this story because we absolutely can be live and just talk shop for an hour uh, and sometimes we do don't get me wrong we have so much we can share and discuss but we really do love to respond to the teach better family you know the the network that exists so whether you're watching on facebook facebook youtube twitter or twitch like we are here to support you so please continue to throw in your thoughts Samantha says we'll start second semester with new students and we'll be in distance learning for at least a week. And then she threw in a question here, tips or tricks for making those connections to build strong relationships from the get-go. And so I think discussing how to build relationships virtually is not only something Samantha's wondering right now, but it's something that's actually been discussed. I think it's been a fear, it's been a concern for a lot of this experience through COVID, because as schools were kind of shutting down in March, a lot of educators were, were thinking, worst case scenario, if we have to stay remote, how are we ensuring that we're supporting our students? So I do want to go to you, Brad, because you were the one who, who came with this idea initially of something that you're working on with your teachers. But before I do that, Zach, a lot of the work you do is through creating um, like technology that supports educators, I can only imagine that this is a topic that comes up in your world. Absolutely. First of all, relationships uh, is the backbone of everything in education. I was going to say one of the reasons that I loved teaching fourth and fifth grade, uh, as opposed to what you do, which I think is, uh, which is madness, this, this uh, middle school stuff, where you, where you switch classrooms uh, all the time and you have, you know, 20 for 45 minutes, whatever it might be. I, we had the same, you know, 20 to one year, 38 kids all, all day long. And we were able to build those relationships. And for me, the relationships with the families, uh, having, you know, the same family uh, three years in a row, uh, being able to really get into these people's lives um, and that, that kind of joy uh, that, you can only get the relationships is what really kept me going as an elementary educator and the reason why I did it and what I think is the, the you know the long-term impact of what elementary ed can be. So I think relationships are the backbone. I think that there's a lot of really amazing research uh, that's just coming out around trauma when kids are moving classes too often, when they're um, you know, moving from school to school to school. We really want to develop community centers as schools. And so uh, the the remote learning piece is really challenging because human to human connection is real. Uh, we want to be around each other in person. As much as I love being on the call with both of you today, Ray and Brad, I feel like if we were together right now, we'd be vibing on a whole different level. And so I just want to say that I think that um, as much as possible, we don't want to ever forsake in-person for virtual if we at all can um, and can do it in a healthy way. And so I just want to point that out. So if there's any way that you can connect with your families uh, in person, distance, whatever it might be, I do encourage that. But if that is impossible, something that we're doing with Zigazoo, which is my company, is we're trying to find ways to give kids a platform to share their voice. We think at the end of the day, kids want to share who they are. And a lot of times kids are very afraid of adults. 
Um, maybe they are not yet comfortable with you. Uh, and so getting to know their personalities. I know like, you know, one of my favorite students of all time who I had for two years and who I'm still in touch with to this day, not that I have favorites, but, um, but he, you know, he would share rap songs with me. He'd come in at like, you know, a little, a little uh, early from recess and he'd share his favorite rap songs. That's how I learned about Wiz Khalifa. And, and this was like back 2008, 2009. And, and I know that that might sound silly, but it was the basis of him learning how to read because he didn't trust me or any other adult at the time. And so I think that there's awesome opportunities to do this. And that's actually what we've done on Zigazoo is provide prompts that are mostly socio-emotional, asking kids to respond in their own time asynchronously to those prompts with video. And what we've heard from teachers is that a lot of kids are coming out of their shelves and that kids who they never even knew talk, like talked in school are talking because they're used to and comfortable with this kind of technology at home. And they're showing parts of themselves that are really powerful. And so that's a way through Zigazoo or through other platforms um, and technology that you can uh, really get to know your students and start building those relationships. And the, the key there is not to just stop and just listen and end it there, but to then connect and say, oh, you just taught me that song. And then say, like, what's the next song? Or I like this song. Do you like this song? Whatever mm -hmm. it might be, because that's where the real connection comes. And they go, oh, you're pretty cool. Nah, uh, you know, Ray, you're pretty cool. You, you, you actually would listen to that song that I thought was only a song that I would listen to. And so that kind of stuff really does matter. I think it's really great as we talk about tips and tricks that we're not only talking about the initial thing you can do to connect with the student, like, you know, having them share their voice, but then emphasizing the follow-up that can come with that, which is actually, in my opinion, the piece that builds the relationship yeah. is not just getting them to share, but hearing, listening, and then responding. I know Danielle threw some ideas in here that she says she uses music all the time. She loves saying hello to everybody, using their name, and like being looking and, and feeling approachable to them, um, I think is really, really important. Brad, obviously a lot of your teachers are doing so much of this stuff in your environment. Um, have you seen great examples of educators doing something to build relationships with students? Yeah, I sure have. And I just wanted to echo Zach's, I mean, Zach, that strategy in terms of engaging with the kid uh, about Wiz Khalifa, that doesn't sound silly at all. That is spot on. Uh, one of the um, one of the most influential um, professional resources that, um, that I encountered as I was coming up as an elementary teacher was called quantum teaching or quantum learning. Uh, and so it's a, a framework for orchestrating student success. And the prime directive of quantum teaching and quantum learning was called theirs to ours ours to there. So before we can uh, before we can um, engage kids in our learning goals, we have in, which is our world, we have to enter their world and find out as much as we can about their world that we can bring into ours and then ours back to theirs. And then Zach, as you said so perfectly, it's about that cycle. You, you keep coming back on it. Um, you keep coming back to the kid and it, you I've got kids here at school that'll tell me their joke of the day and I'll, I'll tell them their joke back. Uh, I've got a distance learning teacher that wears a, a, a different a crazy hat every day. So this is something that kids look forward to. So one day it's a firefighter's helmet, the next day it's a polar bear, uh, the next day it's a silly toque, but that's something that kids will look forward to seeing is, is it's, you, you, you've heard of um, connection before content, mm -hmm. and that's crucial, especially as you're establishing your presence as distance learners and distance teachers. Um, it's be persistent because you're gonna be working through so many uh, technical difficulties on your end and as well as the parents and kids trying to get engaged. And on their end, if they're having difficulty getting engaged, 
they're becoming frustrated and you're becoming frustrated too because you want a the best for them and b you've got stuff you need to get to so it's you got to be persistent you got to be positive you've got to recognize that that's going to take a toll on your energy and the energy of the families and kids so you've got to keep things really simple and you've got to keep that connection strong so whether it's a a silly hat a joke of the day uh entering and leaving your uh, distance learning class with uh with music um whatever you can do to have them at least look forward to connecting with you and then persist we can work our way through all this stuff and and draw on your team within your school draw on your uh, administration draw on your special ed resource teachers draw on your english language learning teachers to help people troubleshoot their way through um i, I want to tell you too it, um people who are contemplating uh, a shift to distance learning or who are looking for a boost because they're in the middle of it I want you, when we're done here today, I want you to go and I want you to go to the Intelligogy podcast. Uh, it's Tracy Browder with Tracy with an I. Her Monday morning podcast this week, uh, Transformation. I listened to it on the way into work this morning, which was incredible. So Tracy is a captivating podcaster, but her message uh, from this week was about recognizing that you have both, there, there's a tremendous gift and tremendous vulnerability because you are peering into people's homes uh, that are experiencing all kinds of different stresses. And so Tracy's message, and she'll say it far more eloquently, is recognize the privilege and recognize the influence that you have um, and leverage it to extend the care out to those families so that their basic needs are being met. Because once their basic needs are being met and they know, especially if you're new to them in the relationship, if they know that you're there for them uh, through and through uh, in a heart-led way, then they will continue to show up for you and uh, Tracy also describes how she made a shift from a curricular focus to an SEL focus. And she did that deliberately. And the, the, the results were, uh, they were heart opening. And I just, anyway, I, I just love that. So make sure you check that out. Tracy Browder, Intelligogy, her Monday morning podcast this week. She has incredible content. Tracy Browder is a wonderful family member of the Teach Better family. So I'm so glad you gave Tracy a shout out. Anytime we can celebrate Tracy, I think it's a good Good day. It is a little funny though. You guys have shared so many strategies of how to connect uh, with students, but I really want to share this connection between um, not only connecting with students, but you know, connecting with other adults. You know, we we look at the screen right now. Brad, you're over in Canada. Zach, you're in uh, California. We've never met none of us in person, and yet, right or wrong. Um, the Teach Better team, myself and, and others, would feel totally comfortable reaching out to you guys, whether it be through text message or a Twitter message or email and saying, hey, I need a favor or, hey, can yeah. you share your your voice on this? Or, oh, I'd really love to hear your opinion. Or, hey, will you come join our family and, and share your ideas? And that that didn't happen because we were together. That occurred virtually. So how have you found that, you know, that you've each been able to build relationships virtually and have them be, you know, authentic so that you can still continue forward making connections, even, you know, with colleagues in the adult world, as well as obviously with students. Yeah, I think I think you have to go above and beyond. I, I was about to reference uh, some Gallup research from the last few years that talked about the thing that was actually the most um, essential piece of a child's education. And it's not it wasn't Common Core standards. It wasn't, uh, you know, the the assessment. It it was whether or not uh, you felt cared about in your school, and and I think that uh, and whether or not I think it's like two or three adults showed interest in you, um, and it almost like gives me chills to think about that. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, there's this 
there's uh, obviously been a, a misfocus on uh, not building those connections first. You're not going to be able to uh, start a caring relationship if kids don't have their basic needs met, Maslow's hierarchy. Um, they, they need security from fear during this time. They need food, they need sleep. And all of these things matter as the base. And then they need connection and they need to feel like they're welcome. Yeah. If you don't establish those two things, you can't get very far. Uh, you know, you're literally accessing the wrong parts of kids' brains. Uh, you're, you know, ending up in parts of your brain that are, you know, uh, going to uh, create uh, reactions that um, that are not going to allow for types of learning that that we want, the type of critical thinking that we want to teach. So you can't go and just like start critical thinking um, without having those other connections uh, there. And I, I think it's important to mention that it is dub in my experience, and, I, and I'd love your thoughts on this, Brad, as, as a principal during this year, doubly, triply, quadruply hard to get that second level of connection going and to make parents feel like you care. It's doubly hard because one, it's virtual uh, for the most part. And you, and as much as I love you, Ray, again, if we had sat down and had a drink together after our last podcast, we would have a deeper connection. And mm -hmm. Maybe if you had bought, because I probably would have bought you a drink, you'd be like, oh, you care. And then we would have had that moment where we would have felt like that, that feeling like, oh, this person is connected to me. And, you know, all those little things you do to show a parent that you care, um, you know, peeking into their life and saying, oh, I noticed that this is happening, not in an insulting way, but in a way that was showing care and then saying, oh, maybe we can do this instead maybe you know let's why don't, why don't we instead of um doing it in the living room let's do it let's, let's do this in the kitchen um where it's closer to you or you're in earshot oh i can't do that like listening because then they might respond and say actually it's better for me in the dining room whatever it might be um you know doing the little things that that show care um you know i just recently for my virtual employees we're, we do a happy hour every friday and we just bought a happy hour kit because I realized like they need to know from me that I care and all the little things we can do, I think really matter right now because, because this is the thing that matters anyway and it's doubly hard. And then the final thing I wanna say is that parents are living in fear right now. Um, I mean, we all are. Uh, and so whatever we can do extra to show them calm, security, and to just almost be patient with their fears and concerns and and do do whatever you can to show that kind of like grace and love is is really vital during this time more i think more than ever so true brad any thoughts on that yeah tons uh, and uh, i'm, I'm sure. so grateful that you brought uh, me and zach together because zach my uh the, the shift from fear to hope has been kind of an intellectual and personal and professional uh obsession of mine uh since um since school closure and uh, our vision continues to be to to reestablish schools as places of physical and emotional safety just like they were before the pandemic hit um and we recognize that we can't we can't shift people directly from fear to hope and so all of our like every single one of our interactions whether it's a telephone call it's an email it's a newsletter uh, it's our school sign on the front lawn it's interacting with your staff members as you make your way through the halls into their classrooms uh, it's emails you send your staff every single one of those interactions is an opportunity for you to make a very small shift uh, 
And some people have done some research into what they term micro-kindnesses. And so mm -hmm. as an antidote to microaggressions or as an antidote to fear, you, you, you are scanning the environment for opportunities to put kindness, love out there. And I'd encourage everybody, uh, every educator, every parent, every community member, just a name that you're going to go forward with love. We love you. Uh, we want to do all we can to uh, support, reassure, do anything we can to keep you engaged because uh, all of the relationships that we invested in before the pandemic, those are the ones that we have to keep kindled because when we welcome families back, uh, in, our, in our case, when we begin to welcome families back in person, we're going to need to rely on those. And if those relationships are, those relationships may be uh, strained, but we certainly hope that they're not broken. And so um, anything that we do to, to reassure those around us in our school community that um, we recognize that we recognize the fears, we recognize the stresses and asking us school leaders and as colleagues, what can we do uh, to reduce those worries? What can we do to reduce those fears um, in the work environment? Frustration is is the equivalent of, of waste. And so if you're if you're a school leader, or if you're if you're looking to make things more efficient, um, rather than look for look to address sort of wasteful practices, you look to reduce frustrations. And so keeping the communication going with your uh, with your staff members. What frustrations are you experiencing and what can we help you uh, to reduce? And just as Zach said, I mean, just as we're cultivating this network of support with our uh, family members and kids, it is crucial that we cultivate that network of support within our buildings. And, and Zach, you know, your happy hour with your virtual employees uh, reminds me of um, here, here at our, our school, we have a, a daily morning uh, music trivia uh, contest uh, for our teachers. Uh, it gives them something to uh, distract to entertain to come together around and so they, they try to figure out the theme of of the week's songs and at the end they get to uh, uh, put their name in we do a, a virtual spin to win wheel and they and they win a crazy prize so um, it, it's more than just uh, I, I guess I would say it's more than more than events or distractions it, it's the real human to human person to person connection that that keeps everyone's hope kindled and and when they experience or when they dip back into fear anxiety concern, and even into shutdown where, I mean, things are so overwhelming, you actually get immobilized. They, they need to know that you will be there for them to help them out. And also um, you need to have established the trust necessary to bring them back out because, you know, especially if we are coming together with new, with new staffs at a distance or new staff members, people don't know we're trustworthy until we've earned it. Um, and nor do families or even kids who come to our school know that we're trustworthy until we've demonstrated that trust. There's a, I think there's a misconception uh, among uh, educators in schools that people should automatically come to school and, hey, we're teachers, we're educators, we're wonderful people. Why don't you trust us? Well, because we haven't earned it yet. Oh, so much insight. Friends, we will be right back with our daily drop and we are going to continue talking with Zach about all the insight he has. I know, Brad, you need to head to continue to support students for the rest of your day. However, I do want to give a special shout out to everyone in the Teach Better family. If you need more of Brad, he is so accessible. His Twitter handle's right there. Go follow him on Twitter. He just recorded and we officially published his brand new episode of Teach Better Talk podcast. There was so much in there that was so fun to discuss. I hope you go check out episode 232 with Brad Hughes. And we will be right back for all the fun and stick around as we continue this conversation. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you both so much. Have a wonderful day, guys. Thank you.
welcome to our second stint of our daily drop-in. Um, Zach was Brad Hughes, not like the coolest guy ever. I'm so glad he joined us for the beginning of this daily drop-in. He and I need to be lifelong friends. Oh, it's it's so good to meet people virtually who just fill you up. We always joke that Brad is full of those like mic drop moments. So um, I'm excited that his podcast is officially out because there was so many moments in that episode where he shared his insight, shared his heart, but really shared like tactical tips and tricks for people to go implement later today in their classroom. So shout out to Brad Hughes, so thrilled he joined us. And Zach, thank you for continuing this conversation because I know there's a lot more we can dive into in this morning's daily drop-in. So how are you feeling so far? Like halfway through, feeling good? Oh, I'm feeling great. Yeah, the sun is rising here on the West Coast and I'm feeling inspired. You know, I think, I think uh, thinking about what it means to go from fear to hope as an educator. I mean, honestly, even before the pandemic was important and I think uh, even more so now. And so I think that that conversation is not, it's actually like, I think it sounds like so uh, almost like faith-based and spiritual, but it's really actually neurological and very practical. And there are a lot of things we can do. And so I love talking with Brad and I can't wait to get, get moving on more. Oh, it's gonna be great. I know we have a lot of people who've been able to pop in. If you are watching us live, feel free to throw in your comments and questions. Zach and I always get on tangents. He has so many passions that I love learning about. So feel free to kind of hop on that train with me and throw your questions in the chat. I do want to give a shout out to Dave Schmidow who says he's listening in uh, in a meeting. Dave, go back to your, go back to work. You can rewatch <laughs> this afterwards. The recap is available, and it becomes a bonus episode of Teach Better Talk podcast. So don't worry, buddy. You won't miss it. <laughs> this sounds like me. Well done, multitasking. Yeah, well done. Appreciate you. Little does Dave know that I actually missed. He was live yesterday with Megan Deegan for the um, brain break that we do on uh, Wednesday afternoons. And I was watching that this morning while I was getting ready. So I'm like, oh, I've had a lot of Dave Schmidt in my life so far in the past 24 hours. <laughs> um, Zach, I know that you introduced yourself when we originally started this daily drop-in, but because it's just you and I, because I really want to dive into a little bit more of the passions that you have, what would you share as um, kind of those like key pillars, like the key passions that you find yourself doing a lot of work within? Uh, I want to make sure our listeners know a little bit about your background in case they missed uh, your uh, descriptive bio at the very beginning. So they kind of know what questions they might want to throw at you and where this discussion might head within the next 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I want kids and human beings to thrive. I think that's my my mission. I, I uh I think, you know, as a high achieving student in high school and college, I, I like looked around and I realized that at the end of the day, shouldn't the goal of school not be to get really high marks on things, but to live a happy, healthy, joyful life. And I think that we should just like we backwards plan from the things we want at, you know, at the end of the school year for our kids, we should be backwards planning our entire careers and lives around that. Mm -hmm. And my belief is that uh, we need to do things that are developmentally appropriate for kids. And we need to do things that bring kids joy because at the end of the day, that's what life is for living. And I um, have done all my work around that. And I think a lot of that uh, the systemic issues that you know are keeping kids from loving school, becoming lifelong learners, finding joy, um, are things that we can change. And some of the things we can change is the way we teach. We should give kids projects that have purpose and meaning and value. We should um, give 
our teachers more autonomy and give them the freedom to teach their passions. We should pay teachers more. And so I've worked on all these issues in one way or another. Um, I, I, I came up with the 60K minimum teacher salary policy, um, which actually Bernie Sanders then adopted and then um, became uh, kind of like the landmark policy for education in the um, education field during this last presidential primary on the Democratic side. I also I also um, am getting my PhD in politics and education, thinking about issues um, of school choice, thinking about issues of how politics can uh, influence uh, what is happening in our schools. And then I'm just so passionate about project-based learning, PBL, and the ways that our pedagogy in general can uh, influence uh, our children's lives. And I think the last thing I wanna say is something that I've been super passionate about lately with Zigazoo, which is my, my company. Um, I hope that you guys will all sign up for an account and see our wonderful projects um, from our museums, zoos, media stars, other educators, uh, who are all, by the way, teach, a lot of them are Teach Better uh, supporters, is, is this idea that kids should be doing things that are developmentally appropriate. We don't wanna send a four-year-old into a standardized test we should be sending a four-year-old into a place where he has the voice and choice to express himself through play or herself through play and through doing the things that they love. And so I think that there's a lot of things that we're kind of doing a little backwards in education. Sometimes we're forced to do an education and we really have, we know we know the neurological brain science uh, and, and other research around this. And I'm really passionate about bringing that to bear in the work that we do every day to bring joy and hope and, and health to all people. Zach, I always struggle talking with you live because I never know if I want to talk shop about PBL, which is something I have so much passion about. Like we could literally get on a soapbox here for the next five hours to talk PBL. Uh, and I and I really love being able to engage with people on, on camera uh, live when we do these daily drop-ins or really anything to talk about the importance of relevancy in the classroom. But on the flip side, you work a lot in policy, and that's an area that I'm extremely weak in in my background in education. So I always have this drive to be like, tell me more, teach me, and, and really make sure that I, I'm a learner during this conversation as well. So I never really know where I want to go every single time I chat with you. If you remember, you and I went live together when you hosted Mastery Chat a few months ago, and we had this great conversation around, um, around the topic you were facilitating with our Mastery Chat crew. And of course, today we have Mastery Chat tonight. It's Thursday night. So oh, you're right, right. so fun. So if anybody's watching right now, make sure you join us for Mastery Chat tonight. Um, I Teach Better Ambassador Adam is actually facilitating the conversation. So you know it's going to be good. But I feel like we always fall into some really good conversations on Thursday, Zach. I think we have a good theme going for us. <laughs> Oh yeah, abs absolutely. We're like the we're the Thursday crew. I think the Thursday crew. I like it. Thursday crew. Yeah. Um, I do think that there's so many things we could get into, but I want to highlight Zigazoo, and the reason is, and I want to preface for our audience, I am not like a Zigazoo person. I'm getting no benefit from talking about it. I just really like the program. I just really love the mission, and I like the people that designed it are doing it with the right why. I talk about this all the time with the nonprofit that the Teach Better team is supporting right now during Gifted Grid. It's called EducationBlueprint.org, and it's truly it's a it's a nonprofit created by teachers for teachers, and I love their why of just trying to support. And I feel the same way with Zigazoo. I know Zigazoo is an incredible company out there. And the why of the work that you're doing is something that really resonates with me. So tell us a little bit. I know you've mentioned the name Zigazoo a few times in this conversation. But if I asked you, like, 
what is the company? Why would a teacher make an account? What's kind of the, the, the overview of that? Sure. So I think it's all rooted in my belief around PBL. Um, so there's tons of research, by the way. Also, I always like to ground things in research when I talk about any issue uh, as, as flashy as anything is. And, and PBL now is becoming trendy. Like it's grounded in the idea that kids want purpose, need purpose and need and want joy in their learning. And there's tons of data that supports that kids are retaining more, learning more and are able to soar to higher heights in their learning when they're doing PBL. So Zigazoo is rooted in PBL. It, the idea is that kids should be doing, um, and there are many uh, different pillars of PBL. One is a, a public audience for your work. Um, two is a driving question. And three is um, authentic uh, experiences in the real world. Um, we can go into more, including like voice and choice and giving kids the deciding power to um, actually make their own decisions as opposed to constantly being told what to do. Um, so not just complying and performing, but actually making decisions about what you're doing and, and uh, the amazing amount of pathways in your brain that are created when you're doing so. But anyway, it's all rooted in this idea. And what we were saying at the beginning of the pandemic, um, both as researchers and as educators and as parents, is how do we give kids ways to do things that they want to do and learn at the same time? And we, as technologists as well, knew that at the intersection of PBL and TikTok, there was something. Because I don't know if you know any 8, 10, or 12-year-olds, but they love TikTok, very comfortable with that kind of interface. And we're trying to figure out a way to do these you know, do a kind of like a TikTok kind of thing in a way that is guilt-free for parents because obviously TikTok isn't always appropriate for kids. Um, and that is utilizing that similar interface to teach kids things. And so what we started doing we st was we just started asking a bunch of random questions like, can you make a color wheel using toys? Can you make a balloon-powered car? Um, can you, uh, you know, make a... Uh, can you make a commercial for your favorite book? We started just asking a bunch of questions. And then what families were doing is recording short form video responses to them. And then we uh, had a bunch of uh, companies and organizations say, we want to get involved. So now we have um, museums, zoos, a uh, Netflix show, uh, Grammy winning musical artists who do a lot of socio-emotional learning influential educators, uh, the American Federation of Teachers, they all have channels on Zigazoo and they have media content. Uh, so they'll show uh, a video or a piece of media and then kids are going to respond to a question that pops up with the media. And so then what happens is you can, as a teacher, you can assign these to your class or make your own. And then part of our global community, families in their own homes, uh, are able to respond, see who's in their network, see how their other friends are responding to these projects that it feels and looks very similar to TikTok or Instagram. So kids love it because they're making decisions, expressing their voice, being who they are, while also learning from their friends in a very natural way as opposed to a forced way. And so we're really proud of what we're doing because kids love it. Um, and at the same time, they're getting a lot of learning out of it. 
Well, isn't that the perfect blend? Like you've really created this perfect situation where you've taken something that already works for students, like this social media idea that everyone's already addicted to, and then you've thrown in this safe realm where you know that the content being shared is a age appropriate and safe for students to consume. And then you're bringing in education that says, great, so how can we take safety and engagement and now make it relevant and valuable for daily learning? And I think that that connection is a teacher's dream because now I'm looking at a tech tool, a resource and saying, okay, I've hit all, all the things that matter for me as an educator. Now I can just be a part of the facilitation of the learning experience, which is to me like where I want to live as an educator. I want to be the facilitator. I want to be a part of the questioning. I want to be a part of the aha moments. And you've created this platform that allows students to freely explore in a safe space while enjoying the experience. I mean, is there anything better than that? I mean, I think I think that's why we did it is because it's, you know, I think we want to be where kids are. I think that that's the, the truth, the truth with, with education. And the reality is, you know, the kids of 10 years ago who I was teaching are in a different place um, than the kids today are. And that means culturally, that means uh, technologically, and we have to constantly as educators adapt to this new and ever-changing reality in front of us. And the reality of today is that kids, you know, are used to shorter form clips of videos and they want to, they're making decisions. When they're, when they're at home using technology, they're making decisions um, all of the time um, at like this crazy fast speed that I, as a millennial, don't even understand anymore. Like. I really mean it. You know what I mean? And 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 like they're not sitting there like watching these long Netflix shows. They're like wanting to create and use tools to produce their own content and be part of things. And then we sit there and we're like, what are you talking about? I thought this was cool, right? You're like sitting there trying to show them like a 20-minute YouTube clip. We're like, this is boring, you know? And I think there's a real opportunity for us to meet kids where they're at in this moment. And we're, we're basically providing that format um, and providing tools for kids to love, love the learning that they're doing. So let's get into a little nitty gritty. And Zach, I'm sure there's like no right answer here, but our network really, really loves when we share ideas with them, technology resources with them, but then they wanna know like all the hows and the what's behind it. So yeah. if I am an educator and I'm listening to this daily or live or after the fact, and I'm like, wow, this is a great program. I'm super interested. You've sold me, Zach. I'm in. When they log in as a teacher, yeah. is this something that they're using as like a quick attention getter, like a bell ringer? Is this like a homework piece? Is this actually like the entire 47 minutes that you have students? How are you seeing teachers utilize a platform that has these beautiful pillars to support education? How are they actually incorporating it in like a, in like a Thursday? Like what does a Thursday look like? Yeah, sure. So we're seeing uh, teachers using it in a variety of different ways. Um, three three ways that I'm going to highlight. The first, uh, and I think most popular currently, is that it's being used as um, a brain break and a way to connect with students um, between activities. And this uh, looks like a quick uh, way for kids to get moving during the day, share um, something with their friends in a way that's really fun. Secondly, um, we're finding that it's a great speaking and listening tool. And so um, 
because of the creative constraints around it, um, students are learning a variety of vocabulary skills, reading skills, as well as language skills through it because of the creative constraint of 30 second videos. And so teachers are using this um, in centers, teachers are using it uh, for uh, quick homework um, or quick um, check of skills. Um, and uh, the third way that we're seeing people use it is actually as their main learning management platform. So um, you can use this to uh, assign everything you want throughout the day. You can assign all the great projects that are on Sigazoo from our various partner channels, but you also can create your own. And so teachers are using this as a way to do both asynchronous virtual learning, um, so remote learning, or they're using this throughout their day to facilitate um, the responses that they're getting from their students and basically uh, as a learning management system. So a little insight to my life in the current moment, Zach. Right. I got about a dozen DMs yesterday on Instagram that were educators asking the same question. I don't know what was going on in the world where people were all thinking the same thing, but I had truly, and I have not responded to all of them, so I'm sorry if you're listening and you're like, I was a part of that, why didn't you respond? Sorry guys, I'm getting to it. But people asking the same question. Hey Ray, do you have any ideas of what you're gonna do kind of like the last week or the last few days before winter break? Because a lot of teachers that I'm connected with are like finishing up a content space. They're maybe doing some sort of summative evaluation of students understanding on a standard or a topic. And then they're like, ah, oh, in a normal year, we'd be doing, you know, a winter party. We'd be doing some crafts together. And I'm finding that teachers are like kind of stuck. They're like, how do we take Thursday and Friday before break? How do we, how do we spend our time and not have it be irrelevant to content? It's still, it still will be tied to content, but kind of make it a little different, kind of to celebrate the break is coming. A lot of teachers would have, you know, different team activities they'd be doing. And my thought process when I saw the first uh, message, the first message I got was Brittany. She's a part of our network and the Teach Better family. I was like, oh, I haven't yet decided what I'm doing because my unit will end with my students like Tuesday. We'll conference on tests and we'll kind of finish it up. But I'll have this like awkward two day gap. Is this an opportunity where a teacher could easily say, hey, that's a perfect two days to bring in Zigazoo and have students like engage in content, maybe math related, not math related, and get into some of this exploration right before break. Maybe it's something they could kind of dive into and low risk because it's right before break and teachers are looking for something engaging automatically. Absolutely. I, I, I think that everybody who's listening should go uh, to the App Store, either on your Android or iOS device, go download Zigazoo. What you're going to find, actually, is that all of our content partners are making holiday-themed projects. So these are holiday-themed science projects. These are holiday-themed math projects. These are holiday-themed arts and crafts projects. These are holiday-themed physical education projects, holiday-themed dance projects, music projects, uh, fun stuff that shows off what kids and families are doing with their traditions. And so it's actually a wonderful way to explore um, both in, uh, both the holidays and do some fun activities with your kids while also getting to know your students a little better and understanding what their traditions are because they're in their home environments sharing, sharing this stuff. So I actually think that it's a great idea that you would use Zigazoo to do some of these projects, pick a few of them, assign them to your class, and then uh, your kids will be off to the races and they'll never want to leave. <laughs> I love that. I think you've just lesson planned my next few days. I won't lie to you. This is helpful. Thank you. 
Good. I am. I am. I'm glad to to support you, Ray. And you know, there's so many there's so many teachers out there. I've been discussing. This is actually a topic uh, I meet with some friends on Tuesday night, and this was a topic of trying to bring in holidays or winter themes appropriately. And I'm finding so many people very easily turn to Christmas, right? Christmas is a beautiful holiday. So many people celebrate. And it's wonderful to be able to bring in that holiday that that you can kind of share traditions. But there's also a lot of other holidays going around during this time. There's a lot of people who may not celebrate holidays that just enjoy the winter break and some time with family. But the theme of December, I found, regardless of your tradition, really is family, taking a break, being generous. And so if you can bring in a platform that's auto automatically going to share um, people's traditions, automatically going to allow your, your students to share their voice and explore how they see this month and the end of the month, um, I really think that's wonderful. I mean, today alone, uh, tonight will be the first night of Hanukkah, which is a Jewish holiday that's celebrated right now. So the more we can do to bring people in and share their voice and celebrate what they are celebrating with their families, I think is such an exciting opportunity that we have right now as educators. So very, very cool. I, I'm digging this, Zach. This is good. I'm, I'm glad to hear you digging it. I, I want to tell you, we do have featured projects on Zigazoo every day. And our featured project today is what are three different holidays in December. And so uh, students are uh, engaging if, if uh, they, if they uh, celebrate Christmas, they're engaging in Christmas projects. We also have uh, Hanukkah projects that are coming on the platform. And we're trying to explore the different themes of what December means to, to different people. See, I didn't even know that, but see, no, it's already no, so good. <laughs> so okay. good, so good. Zach, I always love chatting with you. I, I think there's, like I said, I truly believe that we could talk for hours. Your passions are in so such similar areas. I have so much I want to continue to learn from you. And I really do appreciate that the mission of the work that you do really supports educators above all. It's not about like a one-stop shop that, um, that, you know, take this curriculum and everybody should implement this curriculum. It's about creating a safe space to support educators and allow us to do the work that we love to do, which is connect with students in really, really authentic ways. I do want to make sure people can stay connected to you because um, obviously there's a lot that we've been able to talk about, but so much more that we actually weren't able to get to today. Were you able to share um, how people can stay connected, the website, that the, the way that they can connect with uh, Zigazoo, I know is an app, um, and anything in between that might be helpful for our listeners today? Sure, right. And it's always such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for letting me talk about the geeky passions that I have about project-based learning and Maslow's hierarchy and developmental appropriateness, et cetera, and so forth. Um, but uh, I, I'll go ahead and I'll share a few ways to connect with us. So first and foremost, um, please connect with me. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at RingZach. I don't know if I can type that somewhere into the... I'll throw it in here. Okay, just at RingZach, R-I-N-G-Z-A-K. Um, I would love to engage with you there and uh, talk about your passions as well as talk with you about uh, Zigazoo, PBL, et cetera, and so forth. Thank you for typing that into the chat. And then uh, secondly, um, our Twitter at Zigazoo is at GetZigazoo, um, which is pretty simple. Please uh, follow us. Uh, we're always sharing awesome ideas that you can share with your schools and your communities. And then um, thirdly, um, you can download Zigazoo on the App Store. Um, you can either uh, download on the Google Play or on the iOS uh, on, on your Apple devices. Um, and 
Uh, if you ever need anything, I'm even going to share my my email. It's zak at zigazoo.com. You're always welcome to share uh, any notes or thoughts you have. And I just really appreciate um, what you do for teachers during this time. You guys are amazing, and I'm just thrilled to to be here. And I'm you know I look forward to the next time. Well, I so appreciate that. And anybody listening, if you are doing anything with Zigazoo over the next like week. Will you please DM me? Because I'm going to be doing it too. And I would love to collaborate with some of our Teach Better family to see how you're implementing this. Because I'm a newbie. I've explored the app. I have not utilized it to its fullest extent yet. And I'd love to talk shop with partners in the Teach Better family who are dabbling with this idea as well. Uh, we can share tips and tricks. And for all of you who haven't gotten back to in the DMs, just know this is what I'm doing. This is the plan. So do it with me. We can partner. And uh, then we'll, Zach, we'll update you on how it goes. How's that sound? Well, that would be amazing. We, we can't wait to hear how your experience is. And um, I look forward to, can you, can you send me some photos? Oh, I would love to send you photos. Send you some photos of how it goes, screenshots, whatever it is. I can't wait to see it. Oh, it's so fun. Well, for everybody here, thank you so much for joining our daily drop-in. Huge shout out to Brad Hughes, who joined us for the first half of our daily drop-in. And then obviously, Zach, we so appreciate that you stayed on to continue this conversation. There is so much going on with the Teach Better team, guys. It's like really, really hard to summarize it all at the end of any video because there are so many things going on in the month of December. Not only our um, partnership with the nonprofit Education Blueprint, which is a free sharing platform for educators. We are challenging every single educator to upload one tool, one idea, one resource on educationblueprint.org to share an idea. You just got one right now, Zigazoo. Go upload that to Education Blueprint and you've done your challenge for the month. See, we even did it for you. This is so easy. Um, additionally, we obviously have courses that keep publishing at Teach Better Academy. We just published Dave Schmidt's course, which is about uh, leading through empowering those around you. It's an incredible course by the incredible Dave Schmidto. So please make sure you go check that out at teachbetteracademy.com. And then in addition to all that, while there are so many things, uh, including the daily drop-in that will continue on through next week, I do wanna kind of allude to the fact that there is something coming from the Teach Better team over winter break that may be a very extensive live experience that I encourage you all to keep an eye out for because details will be coming extremely soon on all of that stuff. So Zach, thank you again for joining the family, being a part of our daily drop-in. And for everybody else, I hope you have a wonderful day. See you guys later. See ya.